Hello and welcome to Series 8 of the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk founder and CEO Jeremy Gottschalk. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and leaders from the marketplace and digital platform ecosystem with the goal of providing valuable real-world lessons that can be leveraged by you, the listener, to help you launch, grow, and succeed. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek appropriate professional advice or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On today's episode, we welcome Shelby Grossman, who's a research scholar at the Stanford Internet Observatory. Shelby, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Um, so I figured we'd start off a little bit about um, what the Stanford Internet Observatory is and what you do there. Yeah, so the Stanford Internet Observatory has been for around for about four and a half years, and we aim to study ways in which the internet can be abused to cause real harm. We also teach about online safety and do policy engagement around online safety. Um, and my role in particular, so primarily I focus on research, so I do research on a wide variety of online safety issues, including the role of um, generative AI to potentially be used by foreign propagandists. I have research evaluating how search engines respond to suicide queries. So I do research on all sorts of online safety areas. Um, I also teach, um, so I teach a class called the Politics of Internet Abuse, and I also work to build a community of scholars who study online safety. Interesting. Uh, going a little off script, did you ever think that you, with, with generative AI, that you would be <laughs> kind of in the middle of uh, probably what is the biggest technological phenomenons in I don't know how many decades? Yeah, so generative AI is obviously really, really interesting. So for my first three years at the Internet Observatory, I really focused on finding and analyzing foreign disinformation campaigns. And so for the past maybe year and a half, we've been running essentially survey experiments to try to figure out if generative AI will be able to create content that is as persuasive as like existing foreign propaganda. And the answer is, is yes, not surprisingly. Um, And I think that's, that's really scary. And um, it's kind of amazing how, how good it got so quickly. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, we uh, publish a lot of content, not not uh, kind of original published, but there's just so much around generative AI that I think people, just the general public, doesn't really understand. And it's critical what you all are doing because it's almost like we've got to get ahead of this. I mean, we're not going to stop it, right? People are going to be bad actors, are going to, are going to always use technology. But the, you know, your everyday citizen has to understand that these things exist, these dangers exist, right? And, and, and so I think that what you're doing is, gosh, it's, I mean, I, I don't think you could be at a better place at a better time doing uh, more important work. Um, speaking on that, can you give me a little bit about your background? What led you to Stanford? Yeah, so I have a PhD in political science from Harvard, um, and after graduating, I was an assistant professor at the University of Memphis for two years, um, but my partner was in the Bay Area, and so I was just randomly looking for jobs in the Bay Area and um, saw a job posting for the Stanford Internet Observatory, which had just launched, um, and the team took a chance on me, and so I ended up at Stanford. 
That's excellent. That's excellent. And uh, love, uh, shout out to San Francisco. Um, absolutely love the city. Um, so I, I want to switch and, and give you the opportunity to talk about um, the Trust and Safety Research Conference. Um, and as I mentioned before, you know, in whatever way you want, but the who, what, when, where, and why I think is super helpful because um, maybe the history of it and then, and then talk about it and kind of who, who should attend. Yeah, so we did the first iteration of this with the Trust and Safety Foundation last year, and it was a huge success. So we brought together 450 people from industry, academia, government, and civil society who do research on various online safety issues. Um, and so this is going to be our second year. So the, um, the second one is going to be later this month, September 28th to 29th. Um, and we already have... Um, about the same number of people from last year uh, registered. So we already have about 450 people registered and there are still a few spots open if you want to, to register. Um, and so basically the point of this conference is to bring together people across professions who are who are working on these, these topics. Um, so for example, we will have sessions where like a political scientist who studies misinformation at a university is presenting alongside someone in an industry who's working on, on hate speech. So we're both bringing together people across professions and also bringing together people who focus on different online abuse types. Um, and one of the main goals of the conference that I think we were really successful with last year is we're trying to facilitate industry academic collaborations. So we have lots of time for, for networking, for people to, to meet people who they might wanna engage in research collaborations with going forward. It, it, I gotta say it's amazing. I mean, I've been practice law for nearly twenty years, and it was in house at a, a childcare platform, and and um, you know the the amount of, of just you know risk uh, in any platform, uh, whether it's social media or uh, marketplaces or digital platforms. Um, I, I don't think it was really ever uh, appreciated at the outset, and so I think what's so important about uh, this conference, and um, I want to get into as well the the journal and the and the uh, consortium. But what's so important is, you know, I think we're behind um, on a lot of these things, a lot of these issues, and um, you know, I, that's why I think it's so key that people know about these conferences and these publications because um, there's just you know we could use more resources to really try and, and I always try and say improve the internet I don't know if that's it's like boiling the ocean but at the same time um, you know 10 years ago there were no, no resources available and so that's why I, I commend uh, what you've created and think it's amazing particularly the kind of cross-functional cross-industry having people talk to one another um, because you know Back when I started, you couldn't, you'd have to like twist someone's arm just to get them to talk honestly and openly about these topics. And so, what I think is great is that these types of events and the amount of research it gives cover for platforms and and just online um, forums to to um, really delve into this, understand the risk, um, kind of uh, with with some really good. Um, well-researched, well-thought-out uh, information. So um, I, I think that's I think that's really key. Um, and so, from this year's conference compared to last year's conference, are there any kind of difference uh, in terms of takeaways or um, anything kind of of note that that you want to um, share? 
Yeah, I mean, I think our main takeaway from last year is that people want to network and people want time to network. Um, and this is really one of the only conferences that exists that's bringing together like this group of people. So this year we're leaning into that even more. We have two happy hours. We have ample breaks throughout the conference. Um, we have really high quality food and beverages to facilitate networking. Um, so I think that was that was one of our, our main takeaways that we're, that we're really leaning into this year. Um, we also have some new types of, of workshops um, at the conference this year that I can that I can talk about that I think people will be excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as somebody who's run conferences for many years, I can tell you that, A, I'm the worst person at networking. Uh, and so particularly if there's not time allotted for it, I just am not the person that goes up to somebody and shakes their hand and, and, and uh, introduces myself. So I think it's super, super key, particularly in this industry, for people to have that opportunity. And we hear the same thing every every year. It's, people want to network more. Um, and so that's great. And so you mentioned some, some workshops. Um, can you kind of delve into that a little bit? Yeah, I'm super excited about these. So we have this year two workshops from platforms. So one of these, um, actually, we have three workshops from platforms. Uh, one of these is from Meta's academic partnership team, and they're going to be talking about their new uh, API um, that academics will have access to. So this is like, you know, brand new. I think they just launched it like a month ago. Um, so they'll be having a workshop on that. And then TikTok is also doing an interactive workshop with their API um, where they're going to have um, people who are attending the conference can register for access to the API at the conference. And then it will be like a hands-on workshop to learn how to use their, their API. And then Instagram is also running a workshop to get feedback about how they're thinking about algorithmic ranking. Um, and then we have a bunch of other really fun workshops. So Ofcom from the UK is going to be doing a workshop to get feedback from people on how to think about um, transparency metrics. Um, so lots of stuff like that. Then, you know, like last year, we're going to have a lot of lightning talk sessions. So these are just like really fast paced sessions where you get five minute presentations on research from Lyft and academics and other platforms that we have kind of longer research panels. Um, we have some discussion panels. For example, there's one I'm really excited about that we're doing in collaboration with um, HAI at Stanford, which is going to be on mental health and AI. And it includes a mix of like the leading academic experts on this topic, along with um, practitioners who are working in this space. We're going to have a live recording of the moderated content podcast with Evelyn Dueck and Alex Stamos. Um, there's going to be a fireside chat with Yoel Roth, the former head of trust and safety at Twitter, and Alex Stamos, our, um, our Stanford Internet Observatory director. And then we're going to have a keynote uh, speech by by. Kate Starbird at the University of Washington. So I think this is all going to be super, super fun. Um, and I think it'll be really exciting. Yeah, that's a star-studded lineup. Um, as somebody, as I mentioned, who puts on conferences, I'm jealous. I will say that I, I, I went back and watched last year's um, uh, the On Demand. And, um, you know, I really, what I really like about this is kind of the pace of it. Um, those lightning talks, uh, you know, the the... I, for me, and I think for a lot of people, you know, sitting in a room for 30 or 40 minutes listening to someone talk, um, it, it can be a lot. And obviously, if you're at a conference, that's what you're doing most of the day. But the ability to get those bite-sized chunks um, and, you know, force the speakers to to uh, be efficient, I think, is is super great. And obviously, you get to cover so much more information, um, the, the, just the breadth and the variety. Um, so, um, but I... I, I uh, 
I went back and I watched and I actually rewatched um, uh, the on-demand conference just because I think it was it was really well done, really good information. As long as I've been in this space, you know, it, it, I'm not as close to it anymore, so it's hard to keep up. And um, I was just astonished the amount of research that's happening. Um, that it's you know. It, um, I'm just delighted to see it, but also, you know, doing everything I can to make sure that people know about it because, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a waste, but if no one, it's kind of the tree falls in the forest, right? If no one's there to hear it. So um, I think it's super, super key. And, and um, that's why I wanted to, to talk about this. So um, where can or how can somebody register for the conference? Yeah, so I just made a tiny URL for the registration link. Um, so if you go to tinyurl dot com slash trust safety conference. So that's tinyurl.com slash trust safety conference. You can register there. Excellent. And we will, um, when we push this episode out, we will share that as well. Um, and uh, I, I did notice, um, and and we do similarly, um, you have different ticket types. Can you just talk about that just so people understand kind of how they should register and for which um, registration type? Yeah, so we have um, a tier for people who are in academia or civil society, and then we have a, a tier for people who are in industry. Um, and we say that if you are, um, you know, in industry but between jobs, you're welcome to use the the civil society rate. That's great. That's great, um, especially with with how the tech world has been impacted. That's I mean, it's it's so great to to allow people to keep up their skills and, and keep in the game um, in between. Um, so. I want to pivot just a little bit because there's a couple other things that that you and I chatted about that I think are really important um, to uh, get out there and to spread. Um, and, and two projects that you and I chatted about, the Journal of Online Trust and Safety and then the uh, Trust and Safety uh, Teaching Consortium. Um, and if, in whichever order, if you just want to talk about them and, and kind of what's the goal and, and the mission of each. Yeah, so these are all linked to the the goal of the conference, which is to create a community of people who are working on and who are studying online safety. So the Journal of Online Trust and Safety launched about two years ago. Um, and for anyone in academia, you might hear about a new journal and think, dear God, does the world need another journal? Um, and we think the answer is, is yes in this case. Um, so the Journal of Online Trust and Safety first aims to just solve a lot of the problems that plague academic publishing. So um, in, in academia, the peer-reviewed process is extremely long. It can take years. And in this space, that just really isn't appropriate because, you know, a lot of this research is policy relevant and it should be coming out really quickly. And so we have a fast peer review process, but we don't sacrifice rigor. And the way we do that is by paying reviewers. So we pay reviewers if they submit their review within a certain amount of time. And so that allows us to get really good reviews on these articles, um, but, but keep the speed, the speed fast. And we are grateful to the our foundation for, for supporting that effort. Um, but so bigger picture, the journal aims to, to publish research from both academics, people in civil society, people in industry um, on online safety. And so we are, you know, at the moment, like if you are, for example, a political scientist studying misinformation, 
you're going to be publishing in political science journals and you're going to be reading political science journals. But there are actually people in other fields, such as computer science, who are studying misinformation and writing about misinformation, but you wouldn't be aware of it because academia is so siloed by disciplines. So we're trying to bring together this research into, into one journal, and we've been like really successful with that thus far. Um, and there's also just a lot of really good research happening in industry, including by people with PhDs who are in industry. And so the journal is trying to incentivize those people to publish their work so that, for example, like smaller platforms can benefit from research that Meta or Google has been doing into, into online harms. Um, so the journal is, is open access. You don't have to like have any subscription to read the articles. Um, everything's just right there. We've had five issues. Um, if you are interested in submitting, the next deadline for peer-reviewed pieces is October 6th, um, but we also have non-peer-reviewed submissions, so you can submit like a commentary or an editorial. The deadline for that is December 12th. Um, all of this information, including all the articles, are available at tsjournal.org, so that's TS, like trust safety, tsjournal.org. Um, so that's the journal, and then the Trust and Safety Teaching Consortium is something that we, we launched just a year ago, and it's been really fun. So the goal of this consortium is to create uh, teaching content about online safety topics that anyone can access for free. And the point of this is to make it easier for faculty to start teaching about online safety. So, you know, if you're faculty and you want to teach a new course, it's just usually a huge lift. And what that means is it really deters you from trying to teach something new because it's easier to just teach the same thing you've taught over and over again. So with the content from the Trust and Safety Teaching Consortium, we're trying to make it much easier for people to try to teach a, a, new, a new course. Um, and same for people in industry who might be running trainings, for example, for their non-trust and safety peers. This content is totally appropriate for that context as well. So the Trust and Safety Teaching Consortium has about 60 members. It's an incredible mix of people in academia, industry, civil society, government. Um, and we already have tons of resources. So we've created a 13 module syllabus with topics like hate speech, child sexual abuse, um, and the internet, uh, suicide and self-harm content. So there are 13 modules on these various online safety topics. And then for each module, we have a slide deck. You can literally just download the slide deck and teach that if you want. And there are speaker notes and everything, um, or you could adjust it you know, for, for your course. We also have exercises. Um, and the website also lists consortium members who are, who are currently teaching in this area. So the website for all the consortium resources um, is, is, again, I made a little tiny URL for this. It says tinyurl.com slash teachingtrustsafety10. So that's tinyurl.com slash teachingtrustsafety10. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and I think I mentioned this when we, when we chatted previously. I, uh, I had the... I will say the good fortune of teaching one um, law school course, I actually split it with a, a former colleague of mine. And the amount, I mean, I, I, I now appreciate what goes into teaching both, both the theatrical side, right? Like keeping people's attention, um, being relevant and engaging, which is, is hard actually, which I never really appreciated, but also just the amount of work, obviously that you need to, uh, go through just so you learn it, but then also to teach it. I, I, I taught half of a, a law school course. We split it up and I ended up working with one of my, um, one of my uh, law clerks. And by the end, we were done with, I think, 364, 365 slides that we just built on it uh, because that was like the best way to organize it and do it. 
And by the end of it, I thought I, I, that's the most exhausting. I think I've uh, the most exhausting work I've ever done. Um, and so huge kudos, particularly to making this all, um, I guess you consider open source. So, so it can be used broadly because I think, as I mentioned before, you know, we're, we're behind in this game. And I think that the, the faster we can get this information out there and get people exposed to it, um, the, the better, you know, the, the, world's going to be, frankly, the internet, certainly, but um, just because, uh, you know, being so far behind and, and, and um, trying to play catch up, I think that this is going to help kind of end run a lot of the, the um, latency. Um, so uh, kind of switching a little bit, and we'll publish all of these URLs as well, just to make sure everybody has them. Um, based on kind of your work um, and research and trust and safety, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on kind of what what are the, what do you see as some big issues in trust and safety? Like if you were you know at a cocktail party explaining somebody to somebody what you do or what you're focused on, where would you where would you focus them? So I'll answer this question. Um, focusing on like what I see as kind of the main research challenges. And I think the main challenge that I've seen is just that there is not sufficient research on child safety and the internet. I think one of those reasons, one of the reasons for that is that there aren't really many places to publish this kind of work. So first of all, the people who are who are researching this space, they're spread out across many different disciplines, understandably. So they're in psych. They're in computer science because there are computer scientists who are working to develop tooling to prevent the spread of, of child abuse online. Um, they're just spread across disciplines and there aren't really enough of them in any given discipline to like create a specific journal for that for that topic. Um, and so as a result, there just is not enough research on this incredibly important topic. Um, and so that, you know, is one of the gaps we're trying to fill with the the trust and the Journal of Online Trust and Safety, where we, you know, strongly encourage submissions on child safety and the internet. Um, we've published a lot of really amazing, amazing work. Um, and our hope is that we're kind of incentivizing more research in this space by having like a, a rigorous, serious outlet to, to publish that work. Um, so one of the things that I, I really like about the Trust and Safety Research Conference is we don't silo the people who are presenting on child safety. So the people who are presenting on child safety are presenting side by side with the people who are presenting on, on terrorism because there are so many similarities in um, thinking about fighting these abuses. Obviously, there are differences, but there are also things that, that people in these different spaces can learn from each other. So that's um, what I see as the, the main gap when it comes to, to online safety research. Yeah, and 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 you know, I don't want to uh, risk of repeating myself. It, you know, none of this existed ten years ago when when the what do they say the cart was leaving the barn or the horse was leaving the barn. And so, um, I mean, I, I think that that these are three amazing resources that are, um, I think, very very well rece received. I mean, once I learned about them and started digging into them. Um, I, I just was amazed by how much people are willing to share and, and how much that's going to advance, uh, you know, the trust and safety industry, but also protect people. Um, and, and so it's, uh, I think that's, that's all right. It's interesting that you talk the way you talk about, I mean, people who don't aren't um, in education or higher education or research, um, just I, mean, I what you're telling me is, is kind of brand new. Um, I would have never thought about um, some of the hurdles that 
um, trying to aggregate and, and connect, um, you know, researchers in, in this content would be. So, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's, uh, you know, it's all on the rise and we're seeing more of it. Um, obviously the, you know, just the trust and safety kind of profession and industry, um, you know, is as old as, you know, maybe you know, 10 years, you know, and, uh, so I think that um, hu huge kudos, uh, huge leaps, um, and uh, I guess um, for you know, in, and maybe people working in trust and safety or want to want to get into trust and safety, um, and, and maybe even from a research perspective, if you have any advice or thoughts or or um, kind of parting words. Yeah. So whenever students you know, say they're interested in getting a job in trust and safety, what should they do? My advice is always to go to the Trust and Safety Professional Association job board, which is, I mean, Trust Safety Professional Association has amazing resources, but their job board in particular, I think is really, is really fantastic. Um, and it's useful just for brainstorming ideas for what kinds of platforms have interesting trust and safety jobs, even if you don't see a job that looks like a great fit immediately. Um, and then more generally, if someone is, is in trust and safety at the moment, I would selfishly say, you know, I know there are huge obstacles to getting permission to publish the, the really important research that that is being done in these companies, but to the extent that um, you know you can push for um, the work you're doing to be made public, um, you know we would love to see your submissions at the at the Journal of Online Trust and Safety, um, so that you know people at other platforms can learn the lessons that that you have already learned. Excellent, excellent. Well, I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, this is super timely so we can get this information out. Um, we will share it in our um, newsletters and social media and and, um, and uh, hopefully we can, um, we'll meet there. My plan is to be there. So um, I'm glad to hear that there's still more. I'm still organizing my, my trip, but um, I'm glad to see that there's still more tickets available. Um, and uh, if we can be helpful in any way, obviously reach out. But I really appreciate you taking the time and um, look forward to everything that you have to come. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. You can check out more episodes at MarketplaceRisk.com, along with information about all of our conferences, summits, virtual content, and resources designed to help marketplaces and digital platforms launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on upcoming programs, events, and important news.